My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today we are talking about beauty and the breakdown. I'm talking to my guest, Amber Champagne Matos. She's the owner of Champagne Apothecary. Uh, she's an esthetician, among other things. She's going to share a lot about that when she gets, uh, when I introduce her and, and she gets started. But I want to talk a little bit about the beauty and the breakdown before we do that. And this is, you know, this show is really about when you are going through challenges in life, um, not necessarily a dark night of the soul, but just just one thing after another, and especially when it comes to grief and loss, um, major illness, uh, certain things that show up and, and maybe you wonder, am I going the right direction? Should I keep going? Do I need to, you know, do I need to stop and, and, and let this settle for a while? I think there's a fine art in following your calling while going through these things and not letting the challenges of life or the the uh, crises crises <laughs> really break you down to the point where you're not feeling on purpose anymore that you're disconnected from that uh, sometimes that purpose and that pull forward can be the thing that heals and and helps you move forward and amber's got a a beautiful story today of, of a challenge that she overcame as she built her business. So I'm excited to talk to her today. I think you'll find her very inspiring. Um, so welcome, Amber. How are you today? Hello. Thank you. I am so excited to be here with you. First and foremost, thank you, Molly, for having me on. I love to share my story and I love to like just be a part of something bigger, even when I don't know like what seeds are being planted out there. Um, so thank you for that opportunity. Oh, you're very welcome. I love to talk to inspirational people. And um, I know the show is going to be very interesting and the just the right thing for someone, if not many people out there listening today. So um, why don't you share what you do first off as the owner of Champagne Apothecary, obviously your own business, um, because your middle name is Champagne. Um, so yeah, just tell us about it. You're up there in Massachusetts. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so I own a small, what I call enchanting self-care shop um, called Champagne Apothecary. It's full of all kinds of amazing, one-of-a-kind, holistic, locally, like small business sourced items. Um, we actually get to, as a business, propagate a lot of other businesses, um, mostly LGBT and women-owned businesses, um, by curating products with them and just kind of working with them to formulate or find different scents or just do all of the things we need to do as a brand. Um, but then they help us to actually like build and make those products and like bring them into store. And so it's really cool. It's a it's a very like collective process. And the store in itself is a place for people, especially obviously in our area. But we do have people who come from like New Hampshire, New York, Vermont, Connecticut, um, lots of different places all over New England to come and check it out. But really, it's a, a place for people to have like a safe haven 
to find ways to uh, live healthy, to find ways to uh, give themselves like moments of self-care, even if it's just truly coming into the store and listening to the music and taking in the scents and checking out the new items that we have and just kind of like hanging out. You know, um, we value people over profit heavily. So it's actually on a board in my in my shop. It's just like, if you ever need a moment, please come in. We're happy to have you here. Um, we do lots of stuff in terms of like just supporting organizations in the city and the city itself. And um, so, yeah, so it's a really fun time in there, but it also is the home to my skincare line, uh, Ethist. And Ethist has been out for a little bit over a year now. We launched it last May. We've already sold out six times across the country. The skincare line is uh, gluten-free, paraben-free, cruelty-free, vegan, fragrance-free, and made in the U.S. So if you can try to say that 10 times fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's also based in your skin's microbiome. Uh, I've been a licensed esthetician and a clinical herbalist for 10 years, and I'm really all about the skin's microbiome and, microbiome and skin science. And so it's really just looking at what's in the microbiome, taking those ingredients, putting them in products, and helping them to replenish what's already naturally going on there so that all of your systems work properly. So your skin oil process is regulated, your hydration process, your collagen process. People think that they're going to put collagen on their face and they're going to get it, but that's not necessarily how it works, right? You need all these different things, ceramides, vitamin C, phospholipids, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's what the, the line is really based on. And it's just giving back to the skin so that the skin can operate and optimize um, in, at a really amazing level. So yeah, we're hearing lots of good things about it. We're obviously <laughs> selling out everywhere um, and trying to do some really awesome stuff with that now. So um, so there's that as well, yeah. That's awesome, yeah. And it, as you were talking about that, I, I think a lot of people do believe you just, yeah, you put the thing on your face and, and it just fixes it. It's kind of like I take the pill and it fixes the illness, but our bodies are these organic growing things. So it's like tending a garden. We want to say, yeah. well, what does the soil need? What does the skin need? What is the, what do the organs need in the uh, circulation? So I love that. Um, that's really cool. And, and also you're teaching me about estheticians, you know, it's much more <laughs> scientific and medical than most people might think. It's not just putting yeah. on makeup, you know? So that's beautiful. And so what, you know, what was your impetus for creating this business or, or even going into this work to begin with? You know, what called you into skincare to, to serve in this way and help people heal? Yeah. So originally it was just, it sounds crazy, but I got my, I had my son, my son just turned 18. Um, so I had my son quite, quite a few years ago. Um, but when I had him, uh, my skin just hormonally went crazy. I never had problems with my skin prior to that. And after I had very bad cystic acne, I couldn't figure out what to do with it. I went to like every esthetician and dermatologist on the planet, it felt like, and nothing was working. So eventually I was just like, I'm going to go to school and just fix it myself. Um, <laughs> I love it. So, DIY. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty wild, huh? Um, that it all started just because I was like feeling so uncomfortable and so I had a lack of confidence. I felt terrible. It was all in my neck. And just as a young woman in her 20s, I was like, oh, you know, I was always hiding behind my hair. It was like things are getting worse. It was just awful. Um, and so I did. I went, I worked full time. I went to school full time and got my aesthetics license. And then I started trialing all these different things and I fixed my own skin. And then I became obsessed. 
you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a huge like science nerd in general. I love all forms of science. I love to look at things. I love to look at quantum physics. I'm just, I'm such a nerd, you know? Um, So the skin science aspect of things is what really got me going. And I just started reading study after study after study. I mean, PubMed is like my best friend. Um, I can't even tell you how many skin studies I have bookmarked. You guys would not want to see my history. (laughs) It's very scary. Um, So yeah, so I just became obsessed. And then, you know, it was like over the years, I I knew when I went to school, actually, I had a thought about like, oh my gosh, this would be really cool to like create a skincare line that actually helped other people because I had already been in that boat, you know, Mm -hmm. of course, when you're first going to school, they're not teaching you all of these things. They're teaching you how to pass a test, you know, so you don't have the knowledge and you definitely should not walk into that like right off the bat because you definitely, you you need to find and gain that research and all of that. Um, And so uh, I really wanted to do that. I wanted to do it for quite some time. I, and I worked in cosmetics for many years as well. Um, So I was a senior national educator for Benefit Cosmetics. I wrote global content for them. I worked with many, many people who were very um, dedicated to the business and to understanding like what was going on in the business. And I had had conversations with people even in, within my own sphere, you know, about like wanting to do something like this, but it was always like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. You know, you're never going to get a a piece of that. And honestly, when you look at it, it's like Estee Lauder, LVMH, L'Oreal, right? They own everything. So you're really, you are up against a lot of noise in the skincare industry and you have to be dedicated and you have to have something specific and you have to know what you're doing and push, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to do, it was like on the back burner. I loved the like culture and education piece. You know, that was like my thing. I was doing that. Um, And then in the end of... 2018, I uh, got pregnant for a second time. My son was 14 at the time. (laughs) Um, I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, Just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, prior, my husband and I had tried to have a a son, but, um, or a a child, not specifically a son, but um, it wasn't working out. So we had given up and I just kind of got pregnant out of nowhere. And when that happened, I had to leave Benefit because I was traveling every week. I wasn't going to be able to do that with an infant at home. I knew that. So I took on another job in same same sector, culture and education. I was working for a big tech company in California. I was building their culture and education from the ground up. Um, super amazing in terms of like all the, the education piece and all the same things that I loved. Um, but then unfortunately, I lost my son in... Um, in March of 2019, and uh, I was six months pregnant at the time. And um, yeah, everything started to unravel from there. Hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure that, you know, you're, you're moving right along, getting things done, following your calling and finding what that is and shifting. And then all of a sudden it stops. So what was that like for you um, at the time? Was it just a hard stop or did you keep going through it? Uh, just for those out there who may be dealing with very unexpected challenges like that. Um, and, you know, where your emotional self needs a lot of tending, you know, and your family needs a lot of tending. It's it's not easy to go, go, go when something like that comes up all of a sudden. Yeah, that is absolutely the case. I And I'll say, you know, it's people go into pregnancy, um, like, and no one goes into pregnancy thinking about anything that could happen. Most people go into pregnancy thinking, I'm going to have a baby in nine months. And um, sometimes that doesn't happen. 
Um, actually, more often than we think it doesn't happen, we just, again, don't go into it expecting these things. And so when something like this does happen and you do have this like devastating loss, it can completely stop your world. And it does completely stop your world. And quite frankly, there's a moment where you do need to come to a complete halt. Because if you don't, um, it's going to be very hard to walk through something like that in the long run. Because at some point, that trauma, that devastation, that sadness, the relationship, you know, uh, the, the discourse in your relationships with either your significant other or your children, or if they're, you know, if there's other children involved, et cetera, the rest of your family, some of those things, those things are just going to end up bringing you to your knees anyways. Mm-hmm. So you have to come to a halt and when, when something like this happens and you have to take in and digest like what's really going on. Um, and that's what happened to me, you know, is I immediately just every, I stopped going to work, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to work for months. Um, thankfully the company that I was working with was actually very gracious in that, um, and just really allowed me that time that I needed to like think through things. Um, and so I, I did that and I just began to grieve however I felt I could. And it's not something that I can give you an answer to. It's not something that I can tell you, you know, this is what's going to help you through that because every single person is different. What I have found over the years since that has happened um, and in, in revealing this to people is that many other people have gone through these situations. Many people have sat in these situations, not saying anything to anybody. I had a woman tell me that she had lost a son at nine months and it was 28 years prior to when she had told me. And she had never told anybody for 28 years. Wow. She sat with that. She told me about how she would secretly like celebrate his birthday every year and heartbreaking. Mm, absolutely. absolutely. So what I found in all of this is that what came to me is that healing is in the revealing. And so I'm always willing to share my story with people because I found, you know, lots of times just sharing with people that they're going through, you're going through a similar situation or have gone through something like that um, allows them to find their own ways to grieve. Um, But yeah, it was a, it was a major breakdown point in my life. And I had to, basically it was like, everything just came crumbling, you know? And then it was like, all right, now I have a chance to put this back together. What do I want this to look like? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that shifts the direction for sure. And, um, and a beautiful point you just made about sharing stories, um, talking to some grieving mothers a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about that as well. They were gathering for a um, kind of a conference just to have a space where it was safe to talk about, you know, losing their children at a young age and, you know, very quickly, uh, because everywhere in the world, um, it's people are very uncomfortable with it, you know, uncomfortable talking about death in general, but we all have that in common. It's all going to happen to us. Many, most of us have, have been through grief and loss and, uh, and that kind of repression of that state of grief and public mourning, even it can, can 
really be damaging, I think, to the spirit. So I, I really agree with you of, of being, you know, not as public as you're comfortable with, but not being afraid to share that because there is comfort and healing in sharing the story. So yeah, thank you for that. So when, when you got to the point where you were like, all right, I'm ready to pick myself up. I'm ready to, to rebuild in a way that feels more, even more in alignment for me, share with us that point, because that's where that Phoenix rising point happens after grief. Uh, and it does inevitably come for those out there still struggling with grief of any kind, it will come. And um, I think these stories, these, this part of the story can be very inspiring. Yeah, I um, was very diligent in my um, prayer and devotion to uh, really dig into what exactly this next stage of my life was going to look like. Um, I felt like Again, I had a I had a chance to look at things a lot differently. And what the biggest, most significant um, thought I had was that this event in losing my son, this tragic loss, you know, and all of the things that went along with it, allowed me to see that truly, we know on the surface life is unpredictable. It's like you said, we know, you know, death is coming for all of us, right? We don't want to think about it. It's not like a fun thought to have. But this was so earth shattering that it really helped me to look at the world and at my life and at my time here in such a different way. And thinking about the idea that like everything is so unpredictable and like looking at what i was doing with my time and looking how much time at how much time i was spending away from my family and how much stress i was having and you know dreams that i had put on the back burner for someone else's dreams mm -hmm. i that was what was so significant for me and that was where it was like i have to do this i have to go after what i want because if i don't go after what i want when the time comes for me, I'm going to look back with regret. And I am not a person who likes to regret. You know, I, I know it's like, it's like, obviously, we all, I think, on some level have some regrets about different things that we do in our lives, or we look at things in that certain lens, but I don't like that. And I definitely knew that I would not want to have something so like monumental be sitting on my plate at the end of my time that I was given. So that's what really pushed me to just be like, okay, and I'm talking, you know, you guys, again, I'm working for a tech company. I am living, I've been living a lavish life for years. You know, I worked for benefit. It was like, I did all the things I sang on the grand old Opry stage. I went to Shandon on a private tour. You know, I've traveled the country. I met thousands of people and trained thousands of estheticians. I did so many beautiful things. Like had so many experiences. It was like everything you could ever want. And then I started working for this tech company and then the money was fantastic. You know what I mean? And it's like, and everything is great. And you're, and I'm living in, you know, Southern California. I'm living in Huntington Beach and a mile away from the beach. I, it's like on the surface, people would look at you and say like, you have the perfect life, everything you've ever wanted. And so I'm like, but at the end of the day, it's like, I, it wasn't what I wanted. And so I'm like, I can't do this. This is, I have to walk away from this. And so walking away from that kind of 
lucrative financial situation, cushy life, you know, everything's so beautiful. It's not easy. Mm-mm. It's not easy. But when you realize how precious your time is, and I think you're you're pointing to something I call the the deathbed um, meditation, like imagining if I was on my, you know, if I imagine myself 80, 90, 100 years old, you know, pick a pick a decade <laughs> where you might want to go. Um, and, and I'm looking back on my life, will I be proud of the memories I'm making? Will I be glad I took some chances? Will I be glad that I didn't? You know, kind of asking yourself what sits right with my soul when I'm in basically a life review. And that's a really great way to tap into your intuition because that's basically tapping into that future self that's saying, this is, this is, yes, this is what I wanted with this life and this time, or actually no. Like, um, and you mentioned something in your application to come on the show that all, all that glitters is not gold. And I love that statement. Um, so very true in this world, especially the shiny objects that are everywhere. Um, and, and, you know, Instagram life and all this stuff, it's <laughs> like, it looks pretty, but how do you feel inside? That's right, because that's the most important thing that you realize. And I, I think everybody realizes it with time and, and wisdom. You know, it's like I'm I'm 40 next week. So, you know, it's like I've spent some years here so far. <laughs> so it's like I wouldn't what I think now is not what I thought at 20, you know, or 30 um, or even at 34. Like I was in a different space. And so. It's like, yeah, you learn those things. And I think when you recognize, like you're saying, how precious life and time and family and the things that matter to you, because it's not the same for everybody. It could, you know, it could be that you just want to spend a ton of time with your cat and I'm here (laughs) for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for it. Like, it's like, but whatever that looks like for you, it's, you have to understand that, that that that's what you need to be seeking in life because those are the things like you said you're going to look back on and be like I'm really glad that I spent my time doing that absolutely absolutely and that's you know I I often talk about following callings and I think maybe some people or maybe a lot think about oh this is a you know a big purposeful job but a calling is also simply to spend more time in solitude to spend more time with self-care um our spirit calls us in certain directions um you know for for some of us that means this is the work you're going to do this is a spiritual calling that you've got to get done and i've known some really beautiful very spiritually aware healers that they're like nope i want a nine to five and i'll just do it when i'm called to do it that's not going to be my job but in between, it's like, how are we called to take care of that spirit? So it doesn't leave the building. I don't know about you, but I've had corporate jobs and, and lots of different jobs where my spirit's just like, nope, I'm not doing this. So mm-hmm. we walk around just like, uh, you know, robots a little bit, getting things done, feeling depressed and pointless. Um, and that's a good a good sign that your your spirit's calling you somewhere else because it's jumped out of your body and it's calling you to go where it is, right? <laughs> that's that's absolutely right. And I think and I think the other part of that and the other side of that is that when you when you know your calling and when you know what you're supposed to be doing, and I want to make a very like specific differential. Your calling is not necessarily that you're making a million dollars. I, I always want to point that out because even when, you know, we're talking about success and we're saying, oh my gosh, and all these things are going and they're moving and, you know, and yes, like things do start to happen and start to kind of trickle out when you really truly are per, like pouring into your authentic self and your purpose and like your true identity, which is like your real calling and like what's that underneath, right? 
things do happen, but it's not always necessarily the case that it's going to be like in this big, huge way, but that doesn't matter because your calling will, will help your soul like soar, you know, and it's like, you'll know it because your soul will be soaring. And it also, when you're, you're walking through like harder times, you're going to be able to still continue on that path. That's the difference, I think, because it's like everything with this, right? I'm telling you all this stuff about my son. And I know like we talked a little bit about even just like my dad and, you know, and I just walked through also losing my father um, last year. So it's like within a three-year span, I lost a, a precious being inside of me. And then I lost one of the most precious people in my life. And all while I was walking this path, to get to where I'm going, right? And to continue to follow my calling. And it's been hard, but it's also because I I know in my soul that I'm walking on the right path mm-hmm. and I'm in that specific like vein where I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's easier. And there's something about it that allows you to like pull yourself along that path and continue to allow yourself to go. So yeah, you, you will know it. You'll know it when you're <laughs> yeah. sitting in it, you know? Yeah. And I think it's that difference of, you know, when you're in that, that vein, it's a flow. There's a flow there when you're working against where your soul intended to go in this life, it feels like resistance. And I talked about my, this to my clients quite a lot. Like, following your intuition can be boiled down to are am I in do I feel resistance to what I'm doing internally and and spiritually or do I feel the flow even if I don't know what the outcome is going to be or I don't really understand why I'm doing this is it flow or is it resistance that is that is the simplest way to explain it Um, because I used to try to figure it out myself as an intuitive and uh and after a while I'm like that's all I need to remember about it um, with every choice I make, does this feel like flow or does it feel like I'm fighting the flow? Because if I'm fighting the flow, I'm just going to bring in those difficulties to myself. And when you are in grief, when you have those extra challenges that come in at sometimes key times in your life to to help you see that, um, it's a, like a contract we have with other souls um, and, and other things going on, um, then we go, aha, okay. Let's get an alignment uh, because we have a place here and there's this grand organization to all of humanity that none of us can ever understand. But when we're in flow, things work out just a little bit better. <laughs> totally. I love that. It's like flow or resistance. Super simple. Super, <laughs> Super simple. easy. That's it. <laughs> That'll be my next book. One page. Flow <laughs> or resistance, period. Done. So, um, so you mentioned that your greatest success is being patient and discerning and following your gut and business. And obviously you've been doing that for some time now and it's going very well. Um, but as always on the show, I like to ask about the current challenges that my guests are experiencing because it's, you know, like you said, it's not always easy, it's easier, but we have our challenges. So you mentioned uh, making sure that your mental health is in a good, stable place, um, no matter how busy you get or how much your business is demanding of you has been something that's big and not just business, family, you know, community, all the things that you want to be involved in. Um, So can you tell us about how dealing with that kind of not getting swept up in the hustle has affected you this last year? Yeah, this last year especially has been one of the hardest um because again with losing my dad i'm just i'm just a 13 months out from that um 
so so really it's been the capacity of that time and so yeah i've had to walk through this and and simultaneously i launched my skincare line two weeks before my dad passed oh my goodness so um so it was a lot right we were dealing with a lot obviously um coming in and things came in much swifter and much faster than i could have ever imagined which is lovely um but i was also just handling so many things at once and um and lots of other like just little things you know what i mean and in the in the life of of my partner and husband in the life of like my son um it's like it's kind of interesting because we're all culminating it's like my husband turned 40 last year my son turned 18 this year i'm turning 40 you know you know what i mean it's like we're all yes. in these like chapter changing chapter. yeah yes. like areas and it's like all of this other stuff was going on and of course we have business and of course we have community and life and all the things. So it was imperative for me to, at any given time that I could possibly be as less foggy as possible, um, to really try to take into account, like, what are the things that I can do to ensure that my mental health is in the right state of mind, that I am and you know, in as much of a full capacity in that way that I can be in. And in that way, I mean, in good mental health, right? I mean, because that most importantly, to me comes first. I run an entire business on self-care. I My number one issue and and like important point of my life is to make sure that I am like taking care of myself first so I can take care of everybody else, you know? It's like I said the other day, we were, this is so, it's a little random, but we we're talking about AI, right? Um, and so AI obviously is a in, in very interesting situation. Um, my partner works a lot in that space. And so I've, I've got the download constantly like going on in my house. Um, and so it's like, it's it's interesting though, because what I think it's going to free people up to do is I think it really, and what it should free people up to do is to grow as a human first not work first, not giving to others first, but as a human first, like, who are you? What makes you tick? What do you love? Right. And of course, like we want to contribute to society. We should want to contribute to society and we will want to contribute to society when we have something that we love to share. And so it's like looking at ourselves, like how can we find ourselves as humans first? How can we take care of ourselves as a human first mm -hmm. and make sure that what we're doing is what we love, that what we're spending our time on is what we love, that we're taking the time to think through things when we need to, that we're growing and developing through the stuff that we're like, hey, why didn't that go right? You know what I'm saying? Like what happened? What should I have said that differently? Should I have done, you know what I mean? Any of those things. More it's awareness. like, yeah. exactly. So it's like really taking the time to like, look at that is, is just incredibly important. And I'm still looking for ways to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I don't think that will ever, I don't think it will ever end. I think it needs to always just be on the forefront of my mind. Yes. And especially in this day and age where, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or just the work life balance of being employed W2 employee um, in the corporate world, I certainly, I mean, it's been a while now, but I remember my days and, uh, and, and maintaining our energetic balance um, when you have a busy life. It's just, 
it's super important to prioritize that self-care time and and learn whatever whatever it is for you you're absolutely right because one person's self-care is not the other person's no, <laughs> so no. <laughs> it's whatever is good for you so um i pulled a few cards for you and and for anybody listening who is dealing with something like this so would you mind if i share that now oh my gosh please do Awesome. Well, <laughs> I had a card fly out at me as I was shuffling. It's my card of intention. It's basically uh, actually the eagle card. And it's all about being the most intentional, you know, go for it, you know, on target sort of uh, manifester that you can be. And I, I pulled a challenge of um, old beliefs that aren't serving you anymore. Um, and right next to it, I've got some generational stuff happening here. So if there's any of that, um, pe not people pleasing, but it's, it's feeling like your energy needs to be courted or checking in with others all the time or wanting to be the, you know, the one that gives, 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 because there's a pride in that and a good feeling. It feels good to be giving um, when, when our hearts are open and we're compassionate and we're doing stuff and we, that's a good feeling, but sometimes that can turn into a little bit too much of, um, on the addictive side, it can be codependence, you know, like I can't feel good unless I'm making someone else feel good. Um, and I just feel like what's crossing you is, is old patterns about that, but also just validating that you have plenty to go around. So it's like you're a cornucopia of good stuff to share with the world around you and it's never going to run out. There may be this fear that, well, while I'm feeling good, while nothing bad is happening, I'm going to give, 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 give. And then the overgiving can create that, that burnout. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. I, I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking like, it's so funny. I just, I'm, I'm uh, speaking at a women's conference on July 9th and I just had a conversation with the host of that conference yesterday. And, um, we were talking about how like when I first walked into my business, you know, it was like I was still doing things the way that like cor I, corporate, right? Like the whole idea was like, I didn't want to be corporate anymore. I didn't want you to tell me what to wear, what to be, what how to say things, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but I still walked into my own business thinking like, well, I need to operate this way. And then wondering like why people didn't connect, right? And then as soon as I like was like, oh yeah, dummy, you need to be like authentic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what a concept. Um, when it's like obvious, it's it's such an important thing to me. I was like, it's crazy that I was so blinded by the old beliefs, right? Yes, yeah. Um, and I was bringing them in, but the minute that I did that, it was like people just came. You know, it was just like people coming in droves, yes. and um, and then they just continued coming. And, and then, then the it, boundaries <laughs> needed. Oh, okay, I can't take it all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And then it's like, you're like, now you're like on a thousand committees and you're doing the thing and you're the head of the merchants association and you have a right. And so it's like, so I'm sitting in that. And so, mm. and that is what I'm dealing with and, um, and trying to find a really good balance in that. So it's like, I know, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> well, absolutely. So thank you for that. Um, as you're moving into the, the next, maybe the next season, probably, I feel like you're, you're very focused on it. So you're noticing where this dims your light a little bit and, and hoping and wanting to be someone that shines her light. There's this double-edged sword of when you give too much of yourself, you, you get depleted. So I do feel like there's a, a challenge that's coming up to help you shed that old identity of, being there for everyone and and everything all the time and and being able to communicate that more clearly and saying just for my like you shared with me just for my mental balance just for my health you know i've i've got to say no here or i've got to not renew this agreement 
And um, so that, and I have visions of you going somewhere with your family. I actually see young kids around. You don't have any young kids, but I don't know if you have extended family with younger kids, um, but I can see just times that are a bit carefree where you can just play and enjoy. And if there's no young kids, you might want to think about how it was when your son was young, running around like six, seven years old, that sort of time. <laughs> and you're smiling. <laughs> yeah, I look on those times with such pleasure and joy and yeah. thankfulness. Yes. And, and saying, how can we bring more of that back into the recipe of life? You know, um, because with all the hustle and now he's aging into adulthood, um, <laughs> you can still have that. It's just how to plan it for yourself. So um, there's an underlying situation here of uh, maybe hitting the same wall over and over again. And it's just a learning process. You are growing, you're getting better. Like you mentioned, First, learning to say no was a big, a big deal for you. Now it's noticing kind of the meta, you know, awareness of the situation. But the more you um, think of yourself like, say, the hummingbird instead of the eagle that just goes for it, um, you know, the hummingbird goes around um, her challenges and doesn't worry so much about getting involved in everything. If it doesn't, if it's not going to serve her or feel right, uh, it's not in the flow. Let's not do that. Um, and the biggest obstacle is tuning into your higher spirit. It's basically your your source that's teaching you about balance and not going for the shiny objects which can be the the heart when it warms your heart it's like oh yeah i do want to do that but it's a, almost an overactive heart chakra because i don't feel that you do it for pride reasons or you know bragging rights or look at everything i'm doing it's because you really want to help everybody <laughs> i really do it's if you guys if i had all the time to tell you about all the things that i'm trying to do for other people <laughs> you would be here for days um and it's truly because it really is I, it comes i just was talking to the ladies last night like comes from the heart it's like heart you know it's just i just kept hitting my heart because i'm like this is it's like this, you guys, like, it's like, I can't explain it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, there's just something in me that I see that I see the potential. I see the good. I see what it can be. I see the hope. And I want that for people because it's so beautiful. And I know it myself, you know, and I know I've been in very dark times where like having that hope, like helped to pull me up and out right and gave me like another like purpose or vision or and so I don't know I I always want that for other people and I know I can't save the world and I tell myself <laughs> that constantly yes. um <laughs> well one thing one thing I talk to light workers about quite a bit or anybody that's just here to help and heal which is you know that's kind of a word not everybody identifies with but you know, there are a lot of people out there doing the same thing. So when we get that pressure, like, oh, we kind of do want to save the world or we feel like if we don't do it, no one else will. It's, we've got to remember like the idea is out there, the flow is out there, someone else will catch it. Just like ideas, you know, someone might get the same idea that you do and act on it. And then you go, oh, well, I had that idea last year and now it's a, it is a patented thing. I can't do it anymore. Well, the idea was flopping around somewhere and it got triggered in, in somebody's brain or somebody's intuition and they went for it. Same thing with these, these service-based things. And I hear the word consultant for you. Some of these active organizations, you could say, I will come in every once in a while to consult and help with organization or help. Cause I feel that that's how you really help these things get off the ground. Um, but not do all the legwork yourself that, that you can be the director of it and not the doer at the same time. Yeah, that's spot on. Um, <laughs> that it's, I can't say much more about that except that it is spot on. <laughs> okay, good. Well, there's going to be an opportunity that comes to you if it hasn't already 
to help you break this cycle. And again, as I would say to anybody, go with what feels like the yes, feel like the flow. Um, if, you, if you're in resistance because your heart's like, no, but I want to do it, just that's still resistance. Um, it can get in the way of, of what your intuition is, is showing you. And at the end of the day here, it's just about um, really focusing on your what you truly need to focus on. Um, it's not about the shiny object syndrome anymore, but it is about sharp focus on what's going to bring balance to my life. And, and allow me to be this superstar, you know, helper that helps a lot of people. Um, you've got a lot of, you've done a lot of work on yourself to know how to get this done. You just have to use your tools differently. Um, so, and once a lot of big changes happen over the summer, that's where I see in the fall, you could even be formulating a plan that starts to change things come September, um, even October. I'm excited. All right. Very good. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm like, this sounds lovely. And I feel, and I feel I am on, I am on that path, you know, like, it's like, I can also see it. I can see what, like that there is like something coming, but not quite exactly sure what that looks like yet. Um, and it's like, you're saying it's because I'm still like working through that and I'm still like trying to find that balance and like, see what that really looks like for me, especially in this new stage. Um, Cause I am in a new stage in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's where you might need to hire some people to run things for you at some point, but we'll... <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> yes, there's all kinds of opportunities coming up. So very good. Well, thanks for letting me share that. Um, I hope it was of helpful. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Yes, You're I so loved welcome. that. Good. Well, um, <laughs> why don't you share where people can connect with you online if they want to learn more about you and your business? Right on. So um, on Instagram, you can find us at Champagne Apothecary. That is like the drink champagne. Um, <laughs> uh, online, we're also ChampagneApothecary.com. Uh, we do have an Ethist.com as well. And Ethist is spelled like the back half of Amethyst. Um, it's actually my dad's birthstone. And uh, it's the stone of the skin. Um, so, um, so yeah, so it's ethis.com and then also on Facebook, um, and on Instagram, we're just starting to grow our Instagram account actually for ethist. Um, but we have a fairly like a strong and large audience on Facebook for ethist. So you can find us there as well. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing your story and your light today. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You're welcome. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.